Welcome, welcome to Floor 29 of Corporate Courtney. I am your host, Courtney Johnson. We've got another work week in the books. And outside of, I guess, this Twitter back and forth about unpaid internships, it's been quite a quiet week for us nine to fivers. And personally, just for the record, I think that we should absolutely be paying interns, even if it's little. There's no reason that anyone should be working for free. The experience is great, but you know what's also great? Paying your bills, paying your bills on time, eating, knowing that you're going to be able to eat. I think the exclusionary portion of being able to work for free is a privilege that only a few know and can grasp. And so it's completely unfair to not pay people, especially when you can, you're a corporation. But outside of that, it's been quite a boring week as far as gossip in the world of corporate America, which really made me go, okay, so what has there been conversation of or what hasn't there been conversation on? And you know what? We're knocking on the door about eight months since last June. Where is your diversity and inclusion at? Have we been seeing any changes? So I thought, what better topic to bring back to light than the black squares and where these companies are and their push for change that they are promising us all summer 2020? And before I dig too deep into that topic, I did want to discuss some feedback I got from Floor 28. So one of my listeners reached out. They don't want to be considered a listener, but a part of the Stan group called Courtney's Analyst, I made mention that I would give them a shout out. They were Courtney's interns, and now they have promoted themselves to analyst. I am not involved in this process. So if you're interested in being an analyst or an intern, I can point you in the right direction later. But this analyst reached out and said, Courtney says, I was up at 10 p.m. slacking with my boss and me, what's the issue? And so that started a dialogue on, well, I believe that workplace boundaries are important and decided that I needed to make sure that I started putting some of those in place. This listener felt like their job schedule and being work from home lately isn't as stringent as it could be. It's not directly that nine to five constraint that we've all come to know. And so as they're home and they're about, they feel free to respond to a lot of the emails that they're getting after hours. And by no means do they feel like they're obligated to answer some of these emails or 
things of that nature. But if they do not choose to ignore them and decide to, you know, go ahead and send that email or get that conversation um, going, they don't identify that as a bad thing. And so while I may have identified that I need workplace boundaries, some of you may feel as though that flexibility gives you an upper hand. And by all means, what I was saying last week about workplace boundaries does not work for everyone. In fact, if you are willing to take that extra time and put in those extra hours and you're able to while keeping your sanity, by all means, please do so. Hustle hard, get your money, get your credit. However, I do caution that there is going to be a breaking point. And as someone who has experienced a breaking point in corporate America, where I thought giving my all and going the extra mile and really grinding the gears or whatever phrasing you want to use, even when I wasn't able to fully acknowledge that I was done, my body knew I was done. And so that's where anxiety starts to kick in, bruxism starts to kick in, and that's when you know, you're grinding your teeth in your sleep and you're chewing on your cheeks. Uh, you start developing panic attacks because your body is so used to you at a stress level that it cannot maintain a calm level. So as long as you're making sure that your body is okay with the extra work and you're not driving yourself to a cliff, then by all means, feel free. And I think as I mentioned last week, take the time to really assess what are your triggers? What is going wrong? And if you're not seeing any and you're not identifying a problem with some of this other stuff, then maybe your work life doesn't need workplace boundaries. But just keep the idea in mind for when you do think your body needs a change. But back to the point of this week's four. June 2020 has come and gone. We've had our fireside chats and our heart to hearts and our task force, whatever your corporation wanted to call it. But are you actually seeing any real changes in the last eight months? If you worked at a company that already had a resource group outside of what they were doing and maybe a position created of chief diversity of inclusion or some other C-suite tap on the shoulder, have you seen any actual tangible changes in your corporation that make you feel like it was more than a political PR moment this summer, that the issues that we were discussing are actually changing? And more than just learning new terms and throwing around unconscious bias training and changing the acronyms or understanding the acronyms better, adding the E and D and E and I, and getting that diversity and equity and inclusion. Have you seen any promotions in your space of qualified black members? Have you seen HR really getting to training to where maybe you are providing more opportunities for black people within your communities and workspaces and for that point are your women getting promoted because I think I mentioned in one of the floors a few weeks back that we have seen a significant drop in employed women in the workplace in this pandemic so as we 
try and understand what changes are we really getting with this new D, E, and E, and I effort in corporate America. Personally, I remember sitting through hours and hours of conversation pieces and new leaders being put in place to spearhead recruiting efforts and community outreach and understanding and supplier diversity and I have seen very little come from it. I believe there have been some changes in my corporation's supplier diversity, but I haven't heard very much about training. I haven't heard much about promoting. I haven't heard much about any further understanding or conversations. And we did get a new chief in diversity and inclusion space, but other than a title in the C-suite, what did he gain? And what is he changing for me? What is he changing for other black members within our organization? Other than cutting off his feet for maybe a CEO position down the line, because as we all know, unfortunately, when push comes to shove and this is no longer the focus. The first to go is probably that chief in diversity and inclusion, or they get bored of the position and leave, and now they've gotten themselves in a C-suite, but not in the C-suite that completely drives their actual trajectory to what a more prestigious title would have been. It's almost like a dead-end job at this point. And right before the pandemic, we saw from LinkedIn and Glassdoor the number of job offerings that involved diversity and inclusion had dropped significantly. And though that June-July push definitely skyrocketed those numbers back, what's going to happen when this falls out of light? Which, we're only eight months away, and I can't promise you that it hasn't already begun to dim its lights. The problem is a lot of these companies still think that diversity, equity, and inclusion is an option. It's something voluntarily that they're looking into to make their cultures better, as opposed to something that has to change, something that is mandatory for us all. And I know as millennials, we want to see change like that. I mean... We are the see it now generation. And I get it. Maybe I'm being impatient. Maybe eight months is not a considerable amount of time to make systemic changes. And for that, I will, I will take it. I will take it. But I'm also not shucking and jiving and clapping around for you picking up the low-hanging fruit. Yes, companies moving towards remote working does help with those of us to make it more inclusive for those of us who don't drive or aren't physically as able body and aren't able to relocate for good jobs. And it has opened up the market and the lifestyle for a lot of people who didn't have those opportunities before to get them. And that is, in fact, more inclusive. Yay. But did corporations really start doing that or did a global pandemic kind of force their hand? Oh, oh, so you're saying it wasn't about 
inclusivity, Courtney. It was about making money, even though we were in a very tough position. Shocker, I know. And yes, we are seeing more diverse commercials, more representation, and we're scratching the surface for a lot of changes. And I'm I'm not turning my nose up at it, but I think that there could be more. And if we're not continuously driving this conversation, it very easily can fall to the wayside. I mean, it was just a few months ago that that woman who was working in AI for Google was fired because she wrote a paper about these algorithms that are built in racism and exclusivity. And when they told her retract it and she refused, and then she started calling out Google's double standard and inability to progressively make change for their black and female workers, they fired her. That is right after a summer of black squares and corporations reminding us that black people matter to them and always have, yet when push comes to shove, they'd rather shove us out the door than listen to what we're saying or at least start opening up that dialogue to have some of this stuff brought to light. Yes, you can be wrong. And yes, you can be called out on it. And we would like to give you the time to fix it, not hide it in a closet and pretend like it's not happening. That's not how change occurs. So yes, the summer of black has occurred. And hopefully some of those conversations you had this summer were not a complete waste of time. And the organization was able to really identify some of the areas of opportunity for change and maybe two or three tangible ideas and goals and things that can be measured of change were actually presented but it's our job to make sure that we're holding these organizations accountable and asking for updates on where we are with that so that we keep it at the forefront but I think a really big piece that doesn't get talked about a lot is the efforts for equity that need to occur. And this can be debated, and it's probably above my pay grade, but there is no diversity and inclusion without equity. I mean, it goes back to the conversation I was having about the privilege of being able to take an unpaid internship and get that work experience versus the person who has to feed themselves and can't rely on mom and dad's money to keep them sustained while they're not working or to take out these loans to allow them to work for free. And then when that person goes up for an interview versus the person with the internship, even I personally would pick the one with the internship. They have the experience, but that's not equitable. So we as organizations have to start thinking about how do we start leveling the playing field for others and then start focusing on our diversity and our inclusion because that will lead the way 100 meter dash on a hill and a 100 meter dash on flat ground it may all still be 100 meters but one is definitely a lot harder and unfortunately it's typically our minorities and our women and our lgbtq plus brethren and sisters who are on the hill having to make that same run And I know Debbie Downer. I think that 
some of the spark that happened this summer has done some good. I mean, in 2019, California and New York and New Jersey had passed the Crown Act. And then in 2020, we got Virginia and Colorado, Washington and Maryland. And maybe some of these conversations spark some of that. And maybe more states will start to look into the Crown Act. And for my listeners who aren't familiar with the Crown Act, it's currently legal in most states to discriminate against someone in the workplace or in school because of their natural or protective styled hair. So if you've heard that story that happened to Andrew Johnson who had locks in and he was going to a wrestling match and he was made to cut them off before he could participate in sports, this law would make it illegal for that to ever occur. So we are moving in the right direction. So four more states have now enacted this law, and that's great. And I do believe that some of what happened this summer spearheaded some of that conversation in a lot of those states. Also, Glassdoor started added diversity and inclusion as a part of the filtering process and the ranking of companies so that you can get a look of what that company's culture is like for diversity and inclusion in that space. The Fortune 500 list also started including it. And speaking of the Fortune 500 list, the TIAA appointed Miss um, Brown Duckett, which would make the third ever black female on the Fortune 500 CEO list. So, again, we're moving in the right direction. But how daunting is it to think that the third ever black female CEO is just now happening? We have so much room to do so better. And if we don't keep our foots on these corporations' necks, for a lack of a better word, I don't know that we will actually force the change. It may be another summer of awful, unspeakable acts that opens the eyes of more and more people in the majority. And then we have these conversations all over again. But I'm not in the practice of living a Groundhog Day for the rest of my life. I want to make sure that the changes are actually occurring so that when those acts happen, because they will continue to happen, but when they do, it'll be more white people speaking out and it'll be more support while we're working in this environment. Because black people are the backbones of this society. And when we all start to realize that we're all an equal part of making companies successful, making this country successful, and when it's starting to be appreciated, the hard work and the efforts, and that we need to be supported in the same space, we'll be flying. I believe it. I truly do. And that's the optimistic side of me. However, the realist in me watched an entire administration continuously roll back civil rights laws and make changes to the verbiage so that things can be more questionable. Like having to prove it's discrimination before it can actually be discrimination or or saying disparate acts aren't considered discrimination. I mean, for example, 
I know a lot of you have probably heard of the literacy tests that used to be in place to prevent black people from voting. They were these mo- the most absurd questions, things that you could never answer. And all of the answers were subject to whoever was actually grading it. So even if you got the answer right, they could say you got it wrong. However, because that was a blanket situation and it wasn't specific to black people, that would be considered legal based on Trump's administration's laws. And the ban on diversity and inclusion training for federal agencies was insane. There were even hotlines that Even if you didn't work at this place, if you had heard they were doing any conversation pieces or training around racism or diversity and inclusion, you could call this hotline and the government would investigate and add tariffs or remove funding from those organizations who were talking about it. You could rat on somebody else's organization and not even work there just to ensure your God-given right to be a racist. It was law. I lived through it. 2020. Now, thankfully, a federal judge stopped it and said this executive action is illegal. And luckily and thankfully, you all got out there and voted. And this new administration is actually looking to toss all of this out. But there are still aspects in this country where that can be possible. And if we aren't changing things from the root and in people's souls and through money, because you know that's the only way people make changes, we will continue to have to make this upward climb. And if you are working at a company or organization where you have seen tangible change, you know, the chief diversity officer that they appointed has been putting out trainings and having these conversations consistently since the summer. You have seen a push in your HR organizations to hire more minority groups into places. We are having more conversations about inclusivity. We, we aren't shying away from these conversations with our coworkers and we're, we're removing the veil that people were using to, block and prevent themselves from seeing some of these horrors that we have to go through even the small transgressions are being discussed then I commend your corporation and I'm not saying it's not possible but I'm also not saying that everybody's seeing it we're probably got a lot of 50 50 going on or kind of like I mentioned a lot of low-hanging fruit grabs and Low-hanging fruit is better than no fruit, but not to be dramatic, but Billie Holiday told us about strange fruit. And if we don't continue to be an active voice about our struggle and about what we won't stand for, we could very well be on a slippery slope to getting back to that world. And I don't think it's too out, out of the box to say that will repeat history if we let it. We've already seen a lot of hate and a lot of hearts over this past year alone. And if that small minority that we thought was a minority 
gets some power, it can get ugly. So we have to do what we can now to make sure that we're making effective change in these organizations and these corporations who hold the economy in the palms of their hand and make sure that they know that we matter and we continue to be an active force so that when they come for us, people are coming for their money. And that is going to be where the line gets drawn. Unfortunately. To me, that's all that matters in this country. Where the green comes. So if we can tie our value to it, it'll be a hard force to stop. And that's all I've got for you this week. I know that that is a gross conversation to have. It is not fun. It is not light. But... I think it's a necessary one. I think it's fair to say that we want to make sure that this stays in the forefront and on the focus of the places that we work and the places that we spend more time than we do with our own families. If you agree with me or if you disagree with me and you have some points that you'd like me to discuss on the next floor, please send them to the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com or you can send them to my Instagram and Twitter at underscore corporate court. Otherwise, glad you guys were joining in. Please share, 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 like and subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Let me know how you're feeling. Let me know what other topics you want to hear about in season two. And I'll try to get them to you. Until next time. Toodles.